Welcome to Tabernacle of Praise, Church of God in Christ, where we believe in encouraging, empowering, and equipping people to live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us now as we enter into our worship experience. We pray that this service will be a blessing to you and your life. They had no root. They withered away. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some 100-fold, some 60-fold, some 30-fold. Who hath an ear to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away. Even that he hath. Therefore I speak unto them in parables, because seeing they see not, hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Esaias, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, in their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes, lest any man should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted and I should heal them. The word of the Lord is blessed. I just want to visit really verse 7 and want to take my thought from there where it says, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. And so I'd just like to share on this morning from the topic before we pray, don't let life choke you. Don't let life choke you. Let's pray. Precious Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we honor you. We bless you. Thank you for your goodness, your loving kindness. God, we thank you for tender mercies, oh God, that we experience. They are new every morning. Hallelujah. Great, God, is your faithfulness toward us. You've extended mercies and grace and favor. Hallelujah. Long-suffering, oh God. You've been patient with us, Lord. And so we come before you, oh God, asking God that you would enable us, oh God, to, to follow you harder, follow you more closely, oh God, in the name of Jesus, realizing that the, the times are evil in which we live. Some would even suggest, God, that you are shortening the time, hallelujah, just so that many men might be saved alive. And so we don't know, God, but one thing that we do know is that you've encouraged us, oh God, and continue to encourage us through your word to be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord inasmuch as we know that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. And so we ask, God, that you would look favorably upon your people on today. God, can uh, continue to extend uh, to each of us, oh God, the opportunity not only to walk with you, God, but also to serve you. Hallelujah. Make our calling and election sure. Hallelujah, Lord. And above all, we ask, God, that you would give us, oh God, the kind of focus that we need in this hour. God, so that life doesn't choke us out. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and ask these things. In, in your son's name we pray. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. You may be seated. As we look at this passage of scripture, we are afforded the opportunity to be able to witness Jesus teaching 
to the multitude. And uh, through verses 4 and, and 9, we see him teaching to the multitude. But when we go from verse 10 to verse 15, uh, Jesus begins to sort of exegese uh, this passage of scripture to the disciples uh, when they ask him, what did you mean by that sermon? And uh, for whatever reason, that sort of encouraged me that the disciples would ask Jesus, the disciples who had followed him closely, would ask him, what did he mean by the message that he preached? And perhaps one of the reasons that the disciples did not fully understand what was meant by what Jesus was sharing is because Jesus spoke it in parable. And a parable is a metaphor that is used that would require some wisdom in a specific area in order to completely understand the ministry of the message. And as it is with, with most ministers, the better part of our ministry is not what is spoken over the pulpit, but rather when we have opportunity to sort of engage individuals one-on-one or in smaller groups where you can ask questions and you get a fuller understanding. Uh, uh, it's nice to have an opportunity. We can't do it here recently, but to break bread with individuals and afford them an opportunity to sort of pick your brain and get a deeper sense of what it is that you're trying to communicate. Uh, I, I want to talk to you before we really uh, speak to what was meant uh, I really want to kind of rehearse what was said because I know sometimes when we read a scripture, we don't fully understand all of the scripture. And so I, I just want to make sure that we uh, don't miss out on what Jesus was really saying in this passage because sometimes you're sitting there and and really don't have a point of reference as to what we're talking about or what the scripture is saying. And even though you have read it because you have no real background in that particular area, it's really easy for, for an individual to not fully understand what was being said. It makes it makes it difficult even to speak to you because many times when we use a passage of scripture like this and we speak from a parable that you don't have a real, a real image. There is no real canvas on which for us uh, to actually paint. And so it becomes important for us to rehearse what was read. Jesus rehearses a parable in their ears whereby it illustrates a sower going forth to sow seeds. Now, Jesus is speaking to an audience at this particular uh, point in time whose primary commerce is gardening and planting and crops and horticulture. And he designs this parable so that they might fully understand what he means because he just can't give them straight scripture because they weren't studious in that particular area, but they knew something about farming and horticulture. They understood this because sowing and harvesting and selling crops was like money to them. It was their means of commerce. And so he tells them of a sower who went forth to sow seeds. And in the, present, in the process of sowing seeds, he describes such that the sowing or the spreading of the seeds went everywhere. And some of it fell by the wayside. And some of it fell upon stony places. Other parts fell among thorns. And so the $64,000 question, and some fell among good ground, but the $64,000 question, glory to God, was 
to, uh, who have ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And it, it, it's kind of funny because you'd be amazed of how many individuals go to church or in this particular case are viewing a broadcast of a church service and we're doing it Sunday after Sunday and, and, and you want to be able to understand, you want uh, uh, God to speak to you in a certain way but, but many times we have the inability to catch the real ministry of the message. We may be able to catch the melody, hallelujah, of the message. We listen for the hook, if you will, but, but many times we miss entirely what Jesus is saying to the church. And it was to them that Jesus spoke. And when the disciples asked, what did you mean by that? He said, I spoke to them in parables because it was designed so that people who didn't have ears spiritually, hallelujah, glory to God, could not hear and understand uh, what I was trying to communicate to them. Uh, if, because these are the mysteries of the kingdom. This is not for everybody. God is using a certain passage of scripture in, in, in this particular instance to share with a group of individuals that they might know and understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And if they didn't understand horticulture, then quite possibly they missed the entire message. And this lets me know that there are some people who experience great difficulty in hearing the word of God. And so you need to know that so that you won't stop witnessing, so that you won't stop ministering, okay? You won't go around beating yourself up because you got rejected at a door or you got rejected in a situation. For when that happens, people are not rejecting you. They are rejecting the Christ that sent you. And so Jesus exegeses this text in such a complete way so that there is no room for misinterpretation once he pulls the disciples apart behind the door. He says uh, that the seed that's mentioned here is the word of God. And believe it or not, when ministry goes forth, uh, as it is even on today, as I'm speaking, as I'm preaching the word of God to you, I am just not preaching. I am just not speaking a word. Hallelujah. But the Lord allows through the foolishness of preaching the gospel for us to be able to sow seed. And I am literally spreading seed all over this room. I am spreading seed throughout the airwaves. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And it is falling. This seed is falling on all types of ground. There are people, I guarantee you, that after the message is over on today, hallelujah, and, and I'm, I'm fully aware that they won't fully be able to grasp what it is that the Spirit is saying to the church. And they'll walk away and not be able to grasp the real ministry of the message. They may catch some of the melody. They may remember a certain scripture, but the actual ministry of it somehow escapes people sometimes. No matter how well you preach, no matter how hard you preach it, no matter how hard you struggle to declare the word of God, there will always be people that aren't quite receptive at that particular point in time that are not predisposed to hear the word of God. Hallelujah. They just tuned in. Hallelujah. But they didn't have the ability to really hear what the spirit was saying. And when you come up here to preach or wherever you minister from, you have got to be prepared for a certain amount of predisposed rejection. And so when Jesus begins to talk about this particular group, he refers to them 
uh, to their type of ground as the seed that fell by the wayside. Somebody say wayside. Yes. The word fell on those who were not receptive. Therefore, either the fowls came and devoured it, or it was trampled under the feet of men. But the hearer received absolutely nothing from the benefit of being able to audibly hear the word of God. And so Jesus talks about this particular group first. And so he, he explains why that is. There is nothing wrong with the word. There is nothing wrong with the place where it was received. The problem was the ground on which the word fell. For the wayside represents a place of compromise. A place where people, glory to God, they're not really sold out to the Lord, glory, but they have the ability to some way, somehow uh, hear it, but dismiss it. They're not a part, uh, the, the word of God is not a part of the mainstream of their life. And so it makes it uh, difficult to hold on to. And it makes it much easier for the enemy to come and to devour it. That's the reason why uh, I believe when I got saved, and, and, and I know that I'm not the only one, I was pretty particular about who I had as friends. As a matter of fact, I had to uh, distance myself from some individuals that felt like they were, wanted to be my friend because they didn't want what I wanted. They didn't want to go where I wanted to go. And so I became careful. I became somewhat discriminating as to who I would ride with, who I would hold conversation with, who I would sit next to in church. Because if you didn't want the same thing that I wanted, uh, Hallelujah, one of us had to go. The word of the Lord says, he that hungers and thirsts for righteousness shall be filled. It is difficult to feed people that are not hungry. I don't care what it is that you're trying to feed. If somebody's not hungry, hallelujah, they won't go after what you're serving the way that you would like. And so this this first group uh, Jesus talks about uh, it comes uh, this wayside type of individual comes as a result of not first having faith in Jesus Christ he that comes to the Lord must have faith and believe that he is that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him they are not getting the full benefit of the word because they are not careful who they keep company with. They come in and you get something that's profitable from, from the word of God, but then you go out and you allow yourself to be contaminated by, by, by what's going on on the outside. And so it has a way of kind of, of, of diminishing everything that you received. And so Jesus speaks to this group first and then kind of goes on to the second group. And the second group that Jesus talks about is that group where the word fell among stony ground. Uh, there was a minimal amount of earth to which the seed was received. And so what happens when the soil is, is shallow, for anybody that's ever planted anything, it can be shallow uh, and it'll grow up fast. But then when the sun comes out, uh, it's a lot easier for it to be scorched because it doesn't have, the earth didn't have much depth for the roots to go down. And this is something I want to take a moment and elaborate on. Jesus said to the disciples, this group had no root. They had joy, but they had no root. 
This group was excited to receive the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. They were excited. They were glad when the Lord said unto them, come, let us go into the house of the Lord. They came in with excitement. They came in singing. They came in clapping. They had no problems shouting and dancing. They had the ability to do all of the other things that church people do. Glory to God. But because they had no depth, because they had no wisdom to go along with the, with the gift that they had received, when the enemy would come to present them with something, they didn't have the discipline or the focus or the depth in God to refuse what the enemy was, was presenting. And so what happens in a lot of cases like this is you enjoy church glory to God, but you can leave church and go back into doing some of the things that you were doing uh, before you got saved. Uh, hallelujah. You can't serve two masters according to the scripture, but what happens a lot of times uh, when this word falls on stony ground, uh, people still want to hold on, uh, hallelujah, to their past uh, and ask God to take them forward, uh, and the Bible says you can't serve two masters. Uh, you'll either love the one and hate the other, you'll cleave to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and the Lord's enemy. And it's because they had no root, because they had no depth, because there was no substance to their faith. Hallelujah. And some of them, hallelujah, you can see them in church today. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then you won't see them for a while. Glory to God. They are, they have a tendency to treat the church the same way as they treat the church. I'm not talking about nobody. I'm just, I'm just preaching. Glory to God. Hallelujah. When they was in the world, they go from one club to another club, one bar to another bar. Hallelujah. They get high over here, then they get high over there. And you have church people that are just like that. Hallelujah. They get high at this church this week, and and, and they're not stable. Glory to God. They'll go somewhere else. They'll just chasing a, a high one revival after another revival they just want to be high but they have no depth they're okay for a while but any little thing can move them out of their place they start out with a bang but they don't last long because the, a, a real depth relationship with God takes time you don't, you, and you, and don't let the excitement fool you. Everything that's excited is not anointed. Everything that's exuberant is not committed. And everything that can even speak scriptures, quote scriptures, is not sanctified. See, the Bible says that when the trials came, they withered because they had no root. And so you need some root. To be able to do this right here, you need to be rooted and grounded in Jesus. Hallelujah, because life is going to challenge you. Hallelujah, there are going to be some rainy days and some, some windy wind, uh, winds blowing uh, all over the place. Hallelujah, and you need to make sure uh, that your anchor holds and grips uh, the solid rock of Jesus Christ. So when the trials come, you may sway. Uh, hallelujah, when the pandemic comes, uh, you may bend, uh, but you won't break because you have root you have root you have roots when you can withstand opposition and say like Job said though you slay me yet will I trust you you have roots glory to God when your marriage can go through a crisis hallelujah and in the midst of the crisis you stand flat footed and say devil I gave my word I gave my vow and honey I still love you in spite of what we're going through I'm not going anywhere there is nothing like trouble that can determine whether or not an individual have roots. Walking with God takes time. You're not going to be able to establish a relationship with God overnight. 
But this third group, this third group fascinates me. The third group, he says, that those are the group where the seed fell among thorns. Okay? And it suggests that they heard the word of God. That they went forth. The thing that's amazing about this group is that they heard the word. They received the word. They went forth in the word. And there was nothing wrong with the seed, nothing wrong with the soil. Hallelujah. They were planted. Uh, glory to God. They started growing. Uh, they began to bear fruit. Uh, glory to God. But while they were growing, uh, the scripture suggests that briars began to choke them out. And it choked them out because of their cares. These people were growing. These people were becoming successful. But because of the contaminants around them, they begin to be choked out. And most of us that would be choked get choked out by three things according to the scriptures. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And if you're going to be blessed, hallelujah, while you, be, while you take in the word of God, uh, you've got to remember what Philippians 4 and 6 says. Uh, and it says, be careful for nothing uh, in everything by prayer and supplication. Uh, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Uh, and verse 7 says, and the God of peace uh, will keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. So understanding that God, hallelujah, if he's got you covered, you ought to let him cover you. Understanding that the same God that clothes the lilies of the field, the same God that watches over the sparrows, the same God that's responsible for the changing of the seasons, that regulates the winds, that controls the tides. Hallelujah. He does all of that without any interference from anybody. And if God can do all of that without you, surely... I said, surely he can take care of you huh, in the middle of a pandemic. And you don't have to get up in the middle of the night and pace the floor and stress out uh, over things that you don't have any control of anyway. Some folk are just hooked on worrying. This third group, Jesus says, when they begin to grow, that while they were growing, the briars were growing. And, and this is a disease that happens to all of us in any situation when we're growing. We're growing. We're becoming happy in the Lord. We're becoming successful in the Lord. We're maturing in God. Uh, hallelujah. You see yourself advancing. Uh, hallelujah. You have petitions up before God. Uh, and God, uh, hallelujah, is fulfilling his promise. Uh, one promise after another promise. And you feel like I'm almost there. And all of a sudden, you take the time to look around you and find out, hallelujah, that some of your best days are sometimes being surrounded by some of your worst days. And you ask yourself the question, how can so many things be right in my life and still there are things that are wrong in my life? How is it that I have so much to shout about? Is there anybody in here that has so much to shout about? But at the same time, huh, you still have stuff that you have to pray about. It's because the wheat and the tear are growing up together. Because while your harvesting was growing, your thorns were growing too. And let me tell you something, that weakness and strength grow up side by side. Greatness 
and fear grow up side by side. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, in essence, uh, hallelujah, I don't know. Just wave at me if you feel like you're growing. Hallelujah. Wave at me if you feel like you're going up. Uh, hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, let's give God a praise right there because I'm getting ready to say something. I'm telling you right now, if you feel like you're growing in God, just keep on growing. Huh? But know this, uh, that new levels bring new devils. The higher you go, the more trouble you can expect. But God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. And so it's not necessary for you to be afraid to grow. So you have to be careful that you don't allow the cares to overtake you while you're growing. You would be surprised at how many people in the Bible started out well, but didn't finish well. Because somewhere along the way, they allowed their focus in their objectivity, hallelujah, to be compromised concerning God. This is the saddest group of all because nobody walked on them. Nobody devoured them. They had plenty of soil. They had plenty of water. They got plenty of sun. They had everything going their way. But because, uh, hallelujah, of their attitude, because uh, sometimes when you're being blessed, uh, sometimes when things are going right, uh, there's a tendency to forget God. Uh, and when we begin to forget God, uh, we relax our defenses. Uh, we are not as focused as we should be. Uh, our prayer life is compromised. Uh, hallelujah. And when that happened, uh, hallelujah, we allow ourselves to be choked. Choked by temptations. Choked by the cares of this life. Choked by the riches of this world. Uh, choked by trying to keep up with everybody else. Uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something. Uh, that God uh, has never promised us uh, that we would have everything. Okay, but God promised that he would supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God doesn't mind us having things. He just doesn't want things to have us. God doesn't mind blessing you. Hallelujah. God, as a matter of fact, loves blessing his people. He loves to see us blessed. He loves to see us praise God as a result of his blessings. He loves that. But he doesn't want us to be worshiping the blessing instead of worshiping the blessor. He wants you to be healed. But he doesn't want you to forget who healed you. Hallelujah. It may look like it was the doctor, but I just need to let you know, because this pandemic has proven to us, hallelujah, that physicians are just practicing. God is the real healer. If there's anybody in here that knows that God is a healer, just give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. And, and so you spend uh, many times your whole life seeking uh, after things. Uh, we spend our lives seeking uh, to be successful. Uh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I feel a spirit uh, and I want to go after that spirit. Uh, hallelujah. There are some spirits. Uh, hallelujah. If you don't rebuke them. Uh, hallelujah. They'll try to destroy you. Uh, glory to God. Uh, and just because uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic and folk are looking for relief. Uh, many times they're looking for it in the wrong place. Uh, hallelujah. I believe that God, uh, hallelujah, is the only one uh, that can keep us. Uh, glory to God. Uh, hallelujah. It's not going to be your job. Uh, it's not going to be your bank account. It's not going to be your associates. Uh, many of us are finding that out right now. Uh, it's in God that we live uh, and move uh, and have our being. 
my God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There, there's one thing I need to say right here. I, I realize that many times in wanting to be successful, in wanting to climb the, the corporate ladder, hallelujah, we'll climb the corporate ladder only to find out when we finally climb to the top and get into the clique, into the club that we've spent our whole entire life trying to get to. When we get up there, we find out that most of them are crazy. And I recognize there's a predisposition in all of us, amen, toward having things. The tough part about the whole situation is that if you have to stress out in order to get it, then you'll have to stress out even more in order to keep it. Can I go after this? So, see, I believe that everybody ought to have a dream. I have a dream. I teach on it. I preach on it. I instilled it in my kids. I share it with the people of God. Hallelujah. But the thing that I need to warn you about a dream is to not allow the dream to choke you out. Listen, anytime that God gives you a dream, glory to God, and you set out to perform it, hallelujah, you'll end up choking on the dream that God gave you. God doesn't give you a dream for you to try to perform it. God gives you a dream so that you can watch. Watch him do it. Hallelujah. It's like a commercial. He's not asking you to be a part of the commercial. He's just watching you to uh, want you to watch the commercial to show you exactly what he can do. Uh, this is the God that created the universe. Uh, hallelujah. He follows the counsel of his own mind. Uh, he didn't need anybody uh, to help him create the heavens uh, or the earth uh, or anything that was beneath the earth. He did that all by himself. Hallelujah. He thought it, and by the power of his spoken word, uh, it became. Uh, God doesn't need you to help him to execute. He's God. And beside him, there is no other. Uh, if God gives you a dream, all he asks you to do is just provide a culture so that he might perfect hallelujah and grow the dream uh, that he's given you uh, it reminds me of Joseph uh, Joseph had a problem at first uh, hallelujah God gave him a dream uh, and the problem that Joseph had uh, was he was so excited uh, about the dream until he started telling everybody uh, about the dream sometimes when God gives you stuff you have to keep it to yourself you have to be discriminating in who you ask to pray with you. Because some folk won't pray for you when you tell them the dream. They'll pray against you. Because Joseph would tell you there's nothing wrong with having a dream. Okay? It's messed up when the dream has you. Talk to anybody that was great, has been greatly blessed. Uh, hallelujah. And they'll tell you uh, that the way that it happened uh, was really kind of all of a sudden. Uh, they just so happened to be in the right place uh, at the right time. Uh, God put them in front of the right person. Uh, hallelujah. In the right situation. Uh, and the dream began uh, to take on a personality of its own. I need somebody to help me tell somebody else, hallelujah, glory to God, stop trying to manipulate things so your dream can come to pass. See, see, if somebody doesn't teach this, if somebody doesn't preach this, then the church will be just like the world. We'll be doing the same thing that the world is doing, trying to get over. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because people are more concerned in this hour about the economy. Hallelujah. Than they are the health of the people. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to pray for the health of the people because the health of the people will improve the economy. 
All we have to do is start believing what God says. Hallelujah. And God uh, intimates to us that what God has for you uh, is for you. And if God spoke it uh, over your life, uh, then watch God uh, bring it to pass. If you ever start believing what God says about you. See, I'm a firm believer in that what God has for me, it is for me. That no devil in hell can stop God from giving me what God has promised me. I'd be like Joseph. If you throw me in the pit like Joseph, I'll still get it. Hallelujah. If you throw me in jail and tell me I'm locked up forever, hallelujah, I won't trust what you say. I'll trust what God says. You can lie on me like Potiphar's wife. Hallelujah. You can forget me like the butler in the baker because if God is for you, he's more than the world against you. Uh, God says no weapon uh, that's formed against you uh, shall uh, prosper. Somebody give God a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and you need to know that there's a difference between being successful and being blessed. Because there are some things that you can do on your own with the intellect that God has given you in order to become successful. But there is a difference between what you do, hallelujah, and what God calls being blessed. Because the person who gets blessed, hallelujah, gets blessed without stress. They didn't have to choke on their dreams. They didn't have to play politics in order to get blessed. They didn't have to run behind nobody, hallelujah, and play mother may I, hallelujah. They didn't have to kiss up to anybody. They didn't have to play games. They didn't have to sell anybody out. They didn't have to step on anybody in order to get up, hallelujah, hallelujah. They just believed that the blessings of the Lord maketh rich and add no sorrow to it. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, many people that are blessed wasn't even seeking God, hallelujah, about being blessed. They were seeking the blessor. They were seeking the face of God. They were trying to get closer to God. They wanted to know more of the mind of God so that they could follow him closer. And in the process of seeking God, he just came along and say, because you, you're seeking me and in my face and not my hands, I'm just going to wave my hand in front of you and bless you. Glory to God. I know you think that you may have a little something, something, hallelujah, but if you was, if Samuel, Saul, excuse me, if Solomon was standing here, he'd tell you, you don't have nothing compared to what God did for him. You really don't have riches. He'll tell you, I had riches. I, I wasn't even looking for riches. I was seeking God because I wanted wisdom from God. I wanted to be able to go in and out among the people of God. Hallelujah. I wanted to learn how to serve God's people. I didn't want to learn how to get over on God's people. And because God saw me in that light, he just blessed me. And God is looking for somebody who's not trying to use him, who doesn't view him as a genie in a bottle, that's not trying to get over on him. And when he finds somebody like that, when he finds you, hallelujah, seeking God's face, when he finds you that is praying every day, that is standing in the gap for somebody else, that's asking God to look on my brother, look on my sister, help me to become a better servant. 
Bible says God will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive what you touch your neighbor and tell your neighbor you don't have to do anything to see your dream come true. You just have to keep on serving God. Hallelujah. You just have to keep on praying in the spirit. You just have to keep on living holy, walking upright, loving mercy. Hallelujah. Living peaceably with all men because the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. Somebody give God a praise. God is saying, stand still. Don't worry about what's going on around you. Just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Would you stand all over the building? I want to pray. I want to pray. Hallelujah. Word of the Lord says, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you. It'll be added with no stress. Added. No sweat. Added. No manipulation. Added. You won't have to pay anybody back. You won't have to pay anybody off. Just turn to your neighbor and just tell your neighbor, if God does it, you won't get choked out. I want to pray. I want to pray. I realize the day and time in which we're living, I understand uh, the economic upheaval. But God is in control. David said, I was once young, now I'm old. But I have never, somebody say never. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen the righteous begging bread. And we just have to believe that the economy may fail, but God never fails. The administration may fail, but God doesn't fail. Your boss, your job, your friends, your loved ones, they may fail, but God never fails. With bowed heads, precious Father, we honor you and we thank you, Lord, for the privilege, this opportunity that you have given to us. God, we ask that you would look upon each and every one. You already know the needs. But God, we pray that you in this hour, God, you would keep your, you would show yourself strong. You would show yourself mighty. Convince that individual that's on the fence that you are a faithful God. Hallelujah. That you are Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. And if we have the faith, the size of a grain of mustard seed, that that faith in and of itself is enough, God, to gain your attention for the just shall live by faith. Pray, God, upon each and every household, God, that's viewing right now, whether in person or whether on some platform, we ask, God, that you would take control, convince men and women everywhere. Take advantage of this hour, God, because men's hearts are failing. Everything around them, oh God, is subject to question. You're the rock in a sure place. Hallelujah. God, you're giving the victory to men and women everywhere. As a result of your righteous hand, your righteous arm, you're all powerful. You're all knowing. And so comfort the hearts of men and women. Let them know that there is no weapon that's formed against them that's going to prosper.
if you are for us, then you're more than the entire world against us. And so we thank you, God, in this hour. We thank you at this very moment, God, that we can depend on you, that our hope is in you. It is built on nothing but the blood of Jesus, the righteousness of Christ, and the holiness of God. In Jesus' name we pray. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. 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 You might be out there and you don't know the Lord in the pardoning of your sins. Hallelujah. It doesn't take much to be saved from your sins. According to the scriptures, Romans 10 and 9 says, if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. So I'm just going to ask you, if you're there, if that's you, don't allow anybody to distract you or lose focus at this point. This is between you and God. Just going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. If you would bow your heads and just repeat after me, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I repent of my ways. Wash me in your blood and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross just for me and that you were buried. And God the Father raised you from the dead on the third day. And so right now, Lord Jesus, I open the door of my heart and I receive you into my heart to be my Lord and my personal Savior. And I thank you right now. If you believe that, seal that by giving the Lord a hand of praise. I want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer, receive the Lord Jesus to find a Bible-believing, Spirit-filled church. I just believe that this, hallelujah, is the greatest day of your life. Hallelujah, go out and live it to the fullest extent possible. Hallelujah, we'll be praying for you. And certainly, you have our information. If you need us for anything in your walk with the Lord Jesus, please don't hesitate to contact us. Church number is 702-655-3867. We would love to hear from you. With uplifted hands. Thank you for listening today. If you want to learn more info about our church, visit us on our website at www.topchurchlv.com. We hope this message encouraged you to know you can live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us next week for another sermon to uplift your spirit.